Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1477 of the Lockdown Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Sunday evening into Monday, and I am pre-recording this. I am on the road as we speak, but want to get you some podcast content, and today's show is brought to you by the good folks at PrizePix. With PrizePix, you can have a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you're a first-time user, that is prizepix.com, promo code Locked On, and also I encourage you to stop the podcast. Make it your first listen each and every day. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, etc. And today's show is myself and Glenn Willis once again. Glenn has been kind enough to join me for a multi-part series, kind of the player capsule looks at what's going on with the roster player by player. And today's episode is going to be me and Glenn talking about A.J. Griffin. A.J. is fascinating, of course, as a rookie, soon-to-be sophomore, standout for the Hawks, and we have plenty to talk about with him. Please stay tuned. This was pre-recorded a couple of days ago, but still relevant at this point in time. And without further delay, you'll have the intro. I'll be back with myself and Glenn talking about A.J. Griffin. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I'm joined again by my friend Glenn Willis of ATLN29. And if you are a keen YouTube observer, you will probably notice that we're wearing the same clothes as we were wearing when we talked about Sadiq Bay, as well as the supporting players on the Hawks roster, i.e. this is the same recording session, and Glenn's giving me a ton of time. Glenn, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to, to diving here on this on this, this fun rookie, so this should be a fun <laughs> conversation. Absolutely. It is AJ Griffin time. Uh, we're kind of in no order. I guess we're in some kind of order. I don't even know what it is. It's all arbitrary, but... AJ, uh, I will say, he, he played the least of the 10 guys we're going to talk about, but that is uh, something that makes sense because he was a rookie. And uh, I'll just say this at the top of the podcast. I like AJ a lot. I know Glenn does as well. I know the Hawks fans love AJ. The biggest thing for me, beyond the way he played, which was pretty encouraging for a rookie, especially a young rookie, a one-and-done guy, uh, he played the whole year 19 years old. He turns 20 in August. He played in 72 games as a rookie. And I checked it today. He was not even listed on the injury report a single time this year, Glenn. And if you're not following prospects or whatever, AJ Griffin was seen as a pretty significant injury risk. And I'm knocking on wood as I say this, I promise you, everybody. But the fact that AJ went from um, his number one knock, probably, as a draft prospect, and even before that, before he even got to high school, sorry, before he even got to college from high school, was his durability. And for him to play, as much as he did without incident at the highest level and contribute. And honestly, I'll cop to this. He played a lot more than I thought he was going to play this year. Part of that was David Millen. Part of that was just the fact that he's a 19 year old rookie who was interested stuff that, you know, we'll talk about the way he, the way he played and what he brings to the table, but 1400 minutes, 72 games, no injuries. Uh, nice start there for AJ Griffin. I mean, just exceeded expectations there, right? I mean, yeah. I, I remember before Trey's rookie season, I remember saying, like, man, I don't know if they should get him past about 1,400 minutes just because I like his body needs that. And he, and he played a million minutes his rookie season. Yeah, and he was fine. You know, yeah. it, it kind of easy, too. I was like, do they really want to ramp him up before, like, the middle of December or so? Um but I mean, and then when you see him on the court, though, it's like, man, that is an NBA. You can't believe he's 19. You know, when you, when you kind of, you know, for a moment, kind of forget all the other kind of aspects of his bio and, and all that sort of stuff. You just remember, like, he has a, a legitimate NBA 
you know, NBA body. Um, and, and so, yeah, that availability was absolutely massive. Uh, and, and I didn't know what to expect in that part of what he brings to the team uh, in that sense. So, you know, he, he'd always had trouble kind of staying on the court at all the other levels, to, which is exactly what you're, you're kind of pointing at there. Um, but just, I mean, I thought it was like a, a perfect playing amount for him this year. And it, apart from uh, two stretches, I think, where he struggled to kind of generate rhythm after being out of the rotation a little bit, it's just a wonderful rookie season. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of funny. I mean, it, I, I feel like I, I, I'm, I don't, I can't even tell you the 10 rookies that ended up being on all rookie teams. I was like, I'm sorry there aren't 10 better rookies that are better than AJ Griffin. So, yeah. You know. I was going to ask, actually, actually uh, without going de- deep into that rabbit hole, I talked about a little, a little bit on the podcast that the day that it came out, I understand why he wasn't named yep. all rookie. And I even laid it out. Like it was the top 11 vote getters for all rookie or the top 11 guys in minutes for all rookie. That's kind of the way it works. It's, it's counting stats. Yep. It's, it is what it is. Um, but he had, some of the best efficiency of any of any rookie, especially perimeter-based rookies, non-centers. He was very efficient. Um, the advanced numbers were pretty good. Um, the fact that he was on a real team when he was put into a role, on a, a relatively small role, but one that he had a little bit of wiggle room with. Um, you know, especially with Nate, I, it was kind of a joke, but it was also true that, like, Nate basically told him, like, hey, we have to play you, but, like, shoot when you're open and that's kind of it kind of thing. Not, not that simple, but you know what I mean? Like he was obviously put in a pretty small box. He's 19 years old, but there's nothing wrong with that. It's just kind of the way it was happening. I think if you put him on a bad rebuilding team, he would have had more points and assists and things like that. Like it would, it would have been, and he probably makes all rookie. I think if you do a redraft right now, especially if he's healthy, like which he just was, he's definitely a top 10 pick. I mean, I, I don't want I don't want to be crazy. He wouldn't go number two, but he would right. be a, for me and Sal be in the top 10. He and, could be uh, top five. Could be yeah, top five. Very, e- I mean, very easily. Uh, we, we don't know that yet, but right. he, I mean, if you're asking me in two years from now, and we'll, I promise we'll do more about what he did this year, but two years from now, if you look up and everyone believes he's a top five rookie from that class, sorry, top five player from that class, that shouldn't surprise anyone. He had that kind of pedigree coming out as a high school prospect. He has that skill set. He was already efficient as a rookie, which again, you cannot, I cannot describe to you how, rare it is to have a 19 year old wing prospect who's already posted good efficiency, not incredible, right. but good efficiency as a rookie right. in the NBA. That's, that's not a small thing. Yeah. So plus he has the pedigree. I mean, dad's a coach, all that stuff. Like he's, he was ready to play. Yeah. He's got some weaknesses still. So we'll talk about him in a second, but the fact that he was already playable, I mean, I'm the first to say rookies are generally bad because they are it, it, right. even the guys who you like are generally not very good. The fact that I was advocating for him to play more, not less, is probably a decent sign. I mean, I, I think that he – and by the time we got to, the, got to the playoffs, I know some Hawks fans didn't love that he wasn't playing. I don't know about you. It didn't bother me he wasn't playing, only because they had nine guys. And you, you don't – he was he was 10th of 10. And he's a rookie. It's fine. Um, but anyway, I'm down the rabbit hole. But, like, the fact that he was in the rotation all year long with very few exceptions um, and – the only reason why he didn't play in the playoffs is because they were they were 100 healthy. Home run. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's 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 funny. I had a couple of things here. One is that what I heard, like I would hear on Twitter, and I'm sure you did too, after Hawks lost, like, oh, I should have put played AJ. It was like <laughs> AJ was good, but he wasn't going to change a loss to a win. It wasn't going to be that no, impact, right? 
Uh, you want to say put more shooting on the floor? They don't have any, okay. I, I understand the concept of putting more shooting on the floor, and we, and we talked about you know base value in that sense. The other funny thing is that, and we do draft profiles at P3 Hoops, and uh, I'm not sure how many going to get right this year, but I wrote the John Collins profile, and I was like, I like him, but the defense, and I wrote the AJ Griffin profile, the defense. I wrote the I wrote the Congress profile. I was like, ooh, the defense, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and there are, I mean, I wrote the Cam Reddish profile. I was like, what an intriguing, you know, guy. <laughs> like, uh, but it's yeah. like a wild card kind of. It's I, so I, I, I probably need to stop writing these because I I tend to I undersold Collins. I undersold AJ a little bit, but I mean, me, you know me, Brad. I just I just say what I see, yeah. right? And man, the defense was was rough. One day. Yep. Maybe when I'm 60, you know, years old, I'll learn to stop letting college coaches like trick me into think like a. But but like, what else am I supposed to look at, you know? So, but I mean, the, the offense for me, okay, obviously can shoot the ball, not just catch and shoot in one spot. His ability to dribble, dribble, relocate. His ability to take a, a dribble, step in, get back behind the line for a 19 year old, amazing, right? But my favorite part of his game, like even more than that, is what he does driving the ball. When he has a closeout defender come at him, he steps in. And I there's a lot of love about the other hunter's game, but he doesn't step in and put up a 17-footer. He gets as deep with the ball as he can every single time. And with his size and his skill set, that matters so much. The depth he gets after he attacks a closeout defender. I mean, when, again, I want to say this is the part of his game that, to me, excites me way more than anything else that he does. Is the depth he gets attacking the paint when you chase him off the three-point line. Hunter doesn't do it. You'll beg him to do it. Beg him to do it. He doesn't do it. He want, and, and Hunter's a good mid-range shooter. It's not like he's like, oh, you know, but, but yeah. that is a differentiator that AJ has really driving the ball you know the rim he was 63 percent, 3 to 10 feet 57 percent, 10 to 16 feet 52 percent. that's crazy for a 19 year old rookie and so he's getting not just like just step but he's, he's measuring the play he's measuring the defender he's putting a high quality shot up he's making those shots i will, I will tell you right now like the three-point shooting awesome the dribble relocation awesome his ability to move without the ball Awesome. But the thing that will make him very different than all these other young guys who can shoot the ball from the three-point line is that ability to get depth on his drive after he's been chased off the line. He is phenomenal in that area, and that is going to really, really just make him stand out uh, against other guys who can, can shoot it. Today's show is brought to you by the award-winning app at Prize Picks. Prize Picks Fantasy made it easy. It's amazing. I know that you will love it as well. It is so easy to use at Prize Picks. They have safe and fast withdrawals as well. And every day during the playoffs, one Prize Picks user will actually have a chance to win a million dollars. One entry place after 8 a.m. Eastern Time will be randomly selected each day. Every place that entry will actually be given a six-pack flex with the following payouts. If you get all six correct, it's a million dollars. Five out of six, eighty thousand dollars, and four out of six. $60,000 and full details can be found at pricepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at that link to be eligible for the million dollar entry. Pricepicks.com slash million. Once you opt in, all you have to do is actually go play and game like normal, and you be, could be the lucky winner. Follow the app right now at Pricepicks or at pricepicks.com slash play data fantasy sports. If you're a first time user as well, get 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. Don't forget that promo code. It is locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. Check it out now at Pricepicks. And one more time is pricepicks.com slash million. I'm guilty of this too, but I, I totally agree. Number one, 
Um, you know, I've seen, especially nationally, and I get it. Like, no one's watching every Hawks game other than us. I, I get it. But, like, it's almost like he's talked about, like, he's a specialist shooter. And he's not. I mean, he, he's, he, he has shooting. His three-point shooting is very appealing. Don't get me wrong. That was um, – it's, it's an easy translation. But he does have so much more than that in a way that's very impressive. It, it, it is a reminder that, again, as a high school prospect – he was once seen as the number one guy in this class. And it wasn't just because his three-point shooting is what it was. He was a scorer at that level, a full-on complete scorer, not a catch-and-shoot only guy, not a three-point shooting only guy. And I pulled the number two. I think it was from cleaning the glass. Um, he had extremely heavy usage from floater range, which is the, which they basically – it's like the three to eight feet, whatever it is that number is. And it was because of what you said. He's so adept at doing that. And it's not always to all the way to the rim. His rim usage was not that high. And it's because he's smart enough already to figure out what he can and can't do. He's not forcing it all the way to the rim, like you said, but it's not settling. It's getting to a spot where his touch is so good on like that six foot push shot or that little floater in a way that, again, rookies don't usually have that shot. That's one of those shots that guys have to develop, especially perimeter players. Um, I won't name names, but like that's one of the things that guys that makes rookies bad on the perimeter a lot of the time is that, is that they, don't, they don't have the in-between game at all. AJ already has it. Um, and the touch is so good. It's very obviously that that's the case. Like, yeah, he's not a great passer yet, but he, he never, he never turns the ball over and he makes good decisions. He doesn't like create as a passer necessarily for others, but he does not settle. He shot 54% on twos this year. That's not a small thing. Like you're going to focus on 39% from three, which you should on, on good volume. But the fact that he shot, he was above average as a two point shooter as a rookie perimeter player in a small role. That's great. I mean, it gets, it gets to the line, not a ton, but 89% of the free-year line. So anything else you get there is great. Like, every box is checked there. And I think that I, uh, I'm i not surprised to hear you say it because no, knowing you. But it's a good way to put it because I'm, I'm sure that if you polled Hawks fans who, who are watching them all the time, they probably wouldn't have that as their, as their primary takeaway. It would be that it's three-point shooting. And look, he's, he's a great shooter already. I mean, I, I don't know how good he is, but he's good. We all know that. Um, right. But the reason why – for me that you can be excited about his, I don't want to get too carried away. I think he does have star upside in a way that most guys do not have in that range. And it's the combination of all those things. And if he was just a shooter, quote unquote, I wouldn't say that, but because I think he can average, I'm not saying he's going to, I mean, very clear. I think he could average in his career. He could be a 20 20 point score on good efficiency in his career. That's very much in play for AJ Griffin. And that is because of what you said. Like he, he does not settle and he does not have a one-dimensional game. He's already kind of a three-level scorer, and that's really hard to do at 19. Yeah, really hard. And another kind of data point on that. Um, on drives, 141 shooting possessions, he generated 152 points. More than one point. That's per, great. It says yeah. one point, 108 per shooting possession. Trey was 1.11, right? And to compare some other guys, um, like um, – Luca was 1.35. Luca is the best. He's super <laughs> yeah, right. He's, but to be basically right where Trey is is you know is is pretty crazy. Uh Shea was 1.16. So he was you know eight tenths of a point kind of below where, where Shea was. And Trey and Shea led the league in drives by I was gonna say million. Shea's the drive leader every year by like a million. Yeah, so that right. makes sense. So, so again, small volume, but everything I saw tells me he absolutely can do that all the time. And to see him not step in and put it up at six, a wide open 16-footer, but instead realize I can get to six feet. I can get to eight feet. I can get to contact at the rim. I can I can get to the rim. And he has that little 
uh, kind of move where he'll kind of do a lean in towards his defender and then create space backwards and, and get that eight footer or whatever. I mean, I, again, I, I just want to contrast. I love Hunter, right? There's a lot he brings, but to contrast him, Hunter's never shot a floater in his life. I don't think, you know, he has, he has no, Not feel, what he does. Yeah. right. It kind of in the, in that area, he's, he's, he's wired completely differently in that. And, and I just, I just can't express like how much there, there, there is to that. And on top of that, as a rookie, and they put him into like pick and roll, you know, now and then, but 73 assists, 42 turnovers. That's phenomenal. That is, that is phenomenal. The pass, I, you know, and he made a handful of passes this year that were like, wow, you know, like I don't yeah. want to say 10 to 15 in that range where he got in tight quarters close to the rim and read the play. He's patient. He doesn't go too fast ever, like ever, which is crazy <laughs> as a 19 year old. He's playing at the right pace all the time. And then on top of that, two game winners, you know, this year, you know, I remember the first game Quinn was coaching where they had to drop a play at the buzzer. AJ had played the whole game. And I, I, I joked on Twitter, like Quinn knows they run these for AJ. Right. You know, yeah. Um, but that I mean, that says something that it, like Nate, like who will will defer to veterans, like every chance he gets, they drew up you know a place for him twice, you know at at, at the buzzer. So it it just says so much about about where he is, you know, the full level he'll achieve whether he gets to a top seventy five versus top fifty or you know top one whatever, right? Well, a lot of that. Well, I, I feel like I know what his potential is in offense. I, you know, can he? Hey, he, I won't shock me if he's a twenty-three point a game scorer at some point in time. If the if the role is there, yeah. you know, for that. But you know, the defense is is really what's going to kind of determine you know how much opportunity he gets. And he exceeded my expectations on defense this year. I mean, it was it was mostly rough. Hashtag rookies are bad. You already said it earlier, <laughs> right? But they're especially bad on that end of the floor, yeah. right? But I mean. But there were times like I watched him hold up against a competent wing that was trying to attack him. There are other times the footwork was a little slow. You know, he didn't quite have the right spot. There's times where his drop help, you know, was a little, you know, mismeasured and things like that. But he got better and better and better over the season. And just the amount of professionalism he brings to his game, I think that's going to come. I'm confident that's going to come around. He knows how to use his size and athleticism and length and smarts. And all that sort of stuff. So I, I just think a lot of what we saw this year on defense on so the bad side was just that was where he looked like a 19-year-old. That was the one area of the game where he looked like a 19-year-old a, a decent amount of the time. But I'm not really concerned about him on that. And I don't think he's ever going to be like an all-NBA defender or anything like that. But I think he's going to be at least average defensively for a guard slash wing. And I, I think for what he brings on offense, that's good. If he can get better than average, it won't shock me. I won't predict that. But uh, yeah, so just you know that that's the one area where he looked like a, a, a kid, you know, playing in the league was just the, the defensive mistakes when they showed up. I was going to ask you, of course, about the defense in general. Like it's something that you and I talk about all the time, and it, we do value it. And um, I agree with what you said about the fact that I think he was better than I expected. And part of that was the college tape um, was not great defensively, like you said earlier. Um, part of that was also that rookies are not very good. But I think his feel was better than an average rookie, for sure, defensively. Um, there is a – I've kind of kind of done like an informal poll about this. There, there's a little bit of split as to like how much physical burst AJ can maybe get back that he used to have because he was usually – he used to be regarded as, a, as an above average, like pretty good dynamic athlete, just physical twitchy athlete. And he's gotten bigger since then. He had the injuries since then. 
And there's kind of a, we don't know how much quicker he might get defensively in particular, even also on offense, generally speaking, how, how much more explosive can he get another, another full year of NBA training and off season of NBA training, all that stuff. Maybe you get a half step quicker or whatever it's going to be quarter step quicker. Um, that'll help him defensively too. But I, uh, I'll, I'll ask it this way. Um, what are you concerned about defensively? Is it just like, you know, I think the physical strength is really helpful, but you know, on ball, off ball, like what was good, at least at least when you adjust for rookies. And then what are you actually concerned about? Um, because I guess how much of it is just like he's a rookie, you shrug and like we'll see next year kind of thing. Or is there anything that you're actually like alarm bells with with regard to his defense? Yeah, I mean, no real alarm bells. So in space, like on the ball in space, he was increasingly better across the season, which is great. He understood how to read the angle that offensive player was trying to use in their attack, you know, drill penetration, all that sort of stuff. It's screen navigation, which is just, that's technique, you know, that's footwork being that that's getting the foot down in the right spot, getting the foot down before the screener can kind of take that space away from you. And then the, the navigation using the hands to navigate the hips of the screener. That's, that's technique. And I, and I think, I think he'll get there, you know, with that, um, his his reads as a defender, he's um, not the most assertive personality, right? He's a pretty he's pre- a pretty laid back guy in the sense yeah. of he's not going to force himself into like I want this shot or whatever. So a lot of times, like early the season, like I remember commenting like when he and he and Jalen were on the court together, and they're both on the weak side. It's like, are you low or am I low? Like, yeah, who's are you, doing are you the helper at the rim, right? Yeah, and it, and it was like. AJ, just get it, you know, just if, if Jalen is not deciding, just decide for him. And well, you were on this, you were on this too, by the way, during the season. I want to credit you. And it's not a negative thing about AJ and Jalen, but I'm reminded of this because like they couldn't play them, they couldn't play them together. And that that and it, and not in a bad way long term. We're not saying right. that, but one of the reasons why it was hard to get them both so many minutes and why they kind of picked one or the other was because. They're not the same position, but like they couldn't really play them together defensively because of the stuff like that. Like there's two right. young guys. Jalen was almost a rookie too. We'll get into his on his podcast later on. But like yep. two inexperienced guys who were kind of looking at each other, like what are you supposed to do here, and not executing yep. in the way that they have to execute. I mean, again, nothing wrong with that. It's very normal for young guys. It's just that yep. was the reality. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing is so you know it's, it's like for me is like you know when we're talking about Garrison Matthews, I mentioned you know my daughter is at Lipscomb with at the same time he was there. My daughter is like the best kid, like you can imagine. Never got in trouble. Always gravitated to good behavior, very mature. The thing I had to work with her, with her, she just wasn't a very assertive person. She's really easygoing. And as I saw her nearing like her high school age, I was a bit terrified as a father, just kind of going along with whatever, you know. And so I had, and that's a little bit of a parallel there. That it works for me personally because my own journey as a father, (laughs) right? But but on the on on defense specifically, I think that's where like they're going to work on him being more assertive. You know, it's in that situation where like if if he might be playing with a young guy at some point next year, he's smart enough, he's plugged in enough, he's been around the NBA game enough by way of his father to make decisions, communicate decisions. And but the but this past season it was like oh Jalen's been here longer than me so Jalen what mm-hmm. do you want to be low or do you want me to be low do you want to help with the rim or do you want me to help with the rim and I'll zone up you know and so it's just all of that kind of hesitation and so you know I talk all the time you know my educational backgrounds in psychology about you can't ask players to be a different human being than they are DeAndre Hunter is like the perfect example you know there you know he's just wired the way he is I'm wired the way I am you know I I talk a ton I get excited about you know 
nerdy basketball <laughs> stuff. You know, my, I, I wear my wife out talking to her every single day. I'm never going to not be that, right? But for AJ, I think they're going to have to help him because he is so selfless, right? Because that's just part of his whole personality. On defense, it's going to have to be more aggressive, more competitive, more on the ball, more decisive. Jump in there, make the decision, know your role, know your responsibility out of the possession, communicate what you're doing, and go. And to kind of let go of some of that kind of natural personality he has to not be like that. I think that's the thing that I think that's the the switch to flip for him to kind of really make it work on defense. I think the technique he'll put in the work. I have no doubt about that. Screen navigation, all that sort of stuff. It's more of the the kind of the mentality side of that aggressive defender getting him there is is I think the the work that needs to be done there. That makes sense, and I, I think also not to say this too many times, but he has always been the guy. I mean, more even more than you know, most guys in the NBA have been this. So it's not it's not anything new, but he's really always been the guy. Like he was always like the number one guy in the class, and that is usually not accompanied. Sometimes it is by like you know, being the number one defender on your team. Like you don't usually ask, you're not usually asked to do that by the time you get there. And at Duke, it was kind of the same thing. He was, he was kind of hidden defensively at Duke for the most part. And like, I don't know, it's interesting to me um, what he'll progress. I mean, you talked about like the assertiveness that was case on offense too. As funny as it sounds like he had pretty low usage this year, which is funny for a guy as good as he was. Um, but I think that was, again, maybe why it worked on some levels that he came into this veteran, maybe not super old team, but a team that had established things. He was obviously a rookie trying to fit in. And I think he had, what, 70% usage this year? And, like, that's going to go up. I mean, there's no question about that. It's going to go up and up and up as he, as he keeps playing more often. But it's kind of the same thing as, as you said on defense, like being more assertive. Um, he could he could and probably should shoot more as he gets more established. Like, it's kind of a two-way thing. And, I mean, you want to over – it's not – not everybody has the same personality on and off the court, but it is kind of just funny to hear you said because AJ is very like happy and, you know, not passive necessarily, but he's a laid back guy. And like, I'm, I'm sure because, you know, you're a rookie and you're trying to, you're trying to, you're even more going to be more that way. Like you're not going to come in and take the ball away from DeJounte Murray and Trey Young and be like, this is, this is, I need more shots. You know what I mean? Like, they're like he's not going to do that. So maybe some guys would, but he, he knowing him a little bit anyway, is not going to do that. So just getting not more intense. I don't even know how to say it, but like, I think that he'll just get more experienced, be more confident in what he's doing. He didn't foul a lot this year, which is a rookie thing. That's good. You, you don't yep. want to have, but you also, you almost want to have him do more of that. Like you're almost, he's kind of the opposite of a big man. Like a Kong was the good example of the Hawks. Like he fouls too much with AJ. You almost want to be more aggressive. Like he is because he's physically, he's not he's not the most explosive guy in the world, but he is strong. I mean, for a 19 year old, he's got huge shoulders and he's you know he's he's a big fit guy, and that really helps him. I think long term, especially if he's playing like there was a thought. I don't know about if you, if you thought about this. I think he might be playing a forward defensively at times in the future. Yep. Not now, yep. but I mean, right. he's that physically strong kind of guy. Where like we talked we talked about this with, with Sadiq Bay in our show that already ran, but. He and Sadiq Bay are not diff- are not very different in size. As funny as that sounds, yep. like AJ's been mostly a pure two almost at the NBA level so far. He and Sadiq are kind of the same size. Like it's kind of crazy, but they really not they're not much different. So if you're thinking about Sadiq Bay as like almost a primary four, AJ is not much off of that. I mean, he might be an inch or two shorter, but they're similar weight, and like he's a big, stocky guy. Yeah, he is. He'll have that versatility, and I and I I love that next to Jalen. Even though we talked about oh, the yeah. fact the first the first third of this past season was like, oh no, you know, can't get those guys on together. 
but that the versatility that comes with there, you can play Jalen and AJ at the two and the three, three and the four, two and the four, you know, whatever kind of mix and match, that flexibility just adds a ton, you know, there. And so, you know, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, he, I, I just looked it up. He he ran fifty pick and rolls, and he graded the sixty eighth percentile. You know, I was going to ask you this actually. That, that reminds me of something. So not not to cut you off, but let's. I'm not trying to trade Dejounte. I promise I'm not. Yeah. Um, is there a world in your brain two three years from now where AJ is like the second creator on the Hawks roster? Not not the not the not he'll be the, be the primary guy, but like is that a role that you can that you think he, he could take on? running more stuff on the ball because, you know, small role this year, he did a little bit of that, like you just said, but for the most part, he was a supporting piece catch and drive, but not like we're going to give AJ the ball and clear out and run a pick and roll with him. Yeah. They, weren't, they weren't really doing that. Can he do more of that in the future? You think can he, can he be, can he be more of an on ball 25% usage guy? Is that, is that in his bag? You think long-term? Maybe? Uh, I absolutely. I think it is. And for me, the, and not that I don't want to, I don't love comps anyway, but yeah, if you recall the path that, you know, CJ McCollum took you know, to where he is, right? I mean, it was a good what three three seasons, you know, where he was kind of the sixth man, you know, or or making his way to that. Oh yeah, and then eventually he got to play next to Dame, and he and Dame were viewed as a, just a dynamic uh, offensive, you know, uh, you know, backcourt, you know. And I think being the primary uses guy, kind of second unit for a, a season, season and a half, whatever that might be, and moving him towards that starting role. Is absolutely possible, and I think I think the fact you can play him at the two, you know, with the right defensive lineup, and play <laughs> yeah. him at play him at the three, opens up just a lot of optionality there around things that you can make work. But no, I I, I mean it just even with those fifty pick and rolls, it's like it wasn't like his his execution was always great. Like he doesn't really know how to kind of snake the pick and roll yet. You kind of die. I don't want to like go down a whole rabbit hole around things he can can't do. Sure, but like I said a few minutes ago, his pace was perfect he never attacked too quickly he never got freaked out by the big getting all the way to the level of the screen or blitzing or whatever i mean every everything was just he, he read it he measured it and he, and he kind of attacked it you know and that that says a lot so i i think he can be uh you know a high a pretty high usage you know i don't think he's ever going to be the guy on a yeah. good team you know but um but i think the i think the cj model kind of works for me i mean ct was not just the guy shooting the ball but uh could you know get into the mid-range get 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 depth on his drives as well age is a better athlete than cj cj has a ton of crowds he is a little older when he came to the league as well you know right. um and stuff so um but that's the the that path and the, those steps to that point like if he took kind of a pretty similar year over year path to where cj got to would not surprise me at all yeah, I mean, again, not to do this at the end of every, every one of these podcasts, but without knowing who's going to be on the team next year, um, I think you can not necessarily lock it in, but I think that Bogey, given um, the, the extension and the fact that he can't, he can't be traded until September if they wanted to, is likely to be here. And, you know, him and AJ are not the same player, but they do occupy similar positions slash roles. Yep. Um, that'll be interesting to navigate because you do want to play AJ more and you do want to lean into that, but Bogey is still a really good, valuable player. Um, you still have other guys on the roster. I'll be interested to see how they handle that because, you know, you have Quinn for his first full season, 
But, you know, if nothing else, I think everyone's going to expect, and I would encourage people not to freak out if AJ's not playing 30 minutes a night from moment one next year. It's, it's very – growth is not linear. It's not always going to be that way. But I do think he'll play more, and he'll have higher usage, and they'll play through him more. And I don't know if he's going to be, like, leading the second unit necessarily, but I think that he'll, um, he'll be more involved in everything. I don't think, I don't think he's going to start next year. I, I'm sure that there's some fans who want to see AJ start day one next year. He's not ready for that just yet. I don't think on a good team, um, but you know, maybe I'm, I'm happy to be wrong about that. And I wouldn't shock me if he's suddenly really good. I mean, he's, he was already good this year. As we talked about a lot, we, we, we praised him a lot, him taking a big leap. And again, I don't want to say it too many times, but him being healthy, similarly to bogey, him being healthy as the offseason arrives is big because that means you can have a full offseason and you go from year one to year two, guys will always say how big that summer is because yeah. now you've been a pro for a year and you know what it takes. And yeah. he, he probably knew more than most did already because his dad's in the league, but that's still a huge summer. And I, like if he, if he comes back and he's just a different slash better player, like no one's going to be surprised by that, I think, at all. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, what I'm looking for, and I'm, I'm sorry for the instructions. I have a you're fine. Six, I have my niece is here. My six year old niece has no problem being assertive. Like she doesn't have that age. Not, not, not saying uh, as her daughter. Yeah, to say. yeah, exactly. It's the complete opposite uh, and stuff. But uh, she's a lot of fun. But, awesome. um, so for me, like AJ at summer league, I think he's going to run the offense. You know, I think it, he, it, honestly, if he even goes, I mean, we're recording this now. Like he might even he go. I think yeah, he, I, th- I think he will too. But he might be a guy that like plays twice and gets shut down, kind of could, thing. Could he be. might be on that on that right. baseline kind of thing. Yeah. Or I mean, we don't know under Quinn. Like uh, we they don't. could really lean. They could really lean and be like, AJ, you lead the team every True. game out there. You know that sort of thing. And yeah. he's one of those guys that like, you know, I mean, it's you know, there's there's some really good you know rookies like you know coming out of this past season and stuff like that. But you, he's one of those guys you think about. Okay, who's the who are the like six, seven, eight best players I saw in the. I won't be surprised if AJ Griffin's in that conversation somewhere if he plays enough there. The right step up for him, I agree with you around starting. The right step up for him is more primary responsibility offensively in the second unit, right? Even while in the second unit, when he played this past year, he had more secondary, tertiary kind of option. They they moved him on ball some, you know, ran something, an ATO for him here and you know, some things like that. But the right step for him, for me, is more responsibility on offense, moving the needle defense on his his confidence and his assertiveness that's all i want for him in year two and if towards it and the third part is and we saw it some this year he can close games if that's the right way to go you know yeah that, that's what that's that's year two aj i'm looking for i think that sets him up nicely for a year in year three and four i won't be surprised if at the end of his career he's made a few all-star teams and he's that his potential is that good someone asked me like are you more excited about aj or jalen you know, and, and I'm excited about Jalen, but a- AJ has right now a lot more NBA ready skills. Yeah. Uh, Jalen has a crazy amount of raw potential. Right? Yeah. I was, it's kind of crazy. Like, I, I might save this and do like a full mailbag thing on it, but um, I told some of this, 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 I'm not sure why it's online or offline. I think Jalen has like higher 100%, 100% out, outcome upside. Yep. I think Jalen's yep. like absolute ceiling is higher than AJ's. Yep. AJ is just like more likely to get to his. You more know reliable. I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just he's already AJ is already like what seventy percent of what he needs to be. Right? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, and also just the all, the skill. It's just this. It's the skill set. It's so much more projectable. And this is not a knock right. on Jalen. It's just that he's not like the easiest guy to fit in anywhere. 
Um, he's more of a mold around you kind of guy, whereas AJ could be with what AJ can do, he can do it anywhere. I mean, he could so be AJ can play on ball, off ball, come off screens, run pick. Yeah, that's his future, right? With Jalen, it's like, is he deserving enough to be on ball a lot? Because AJ Jalen's going to play on ball a lot to generate all of his position. That's value, that's the thing right? about about Jalen. Yeah, right. And Agreed. so it's harder to think about him being off ball in transition. Great as a slasher cutter. Great as an offensive rebounder. Great. There's a lot there. But it's that what do you do in a genuine half-court plan (laughs) plan for your half-court offense? Where does he kind of fall in? And can you generate that kind of usage for him? I I mean, I'm excited about both these guys. But if you're like, you know, which which guy is really reliably already kind of showing you almost all the things you need to see, that's AJ. While Jalen oozes like superstar plays three times a game, you know, or whatever it is. Fun to have both. Like I, the thing, yeah. one of the things I get, I, I go crazy over on Twitter sometimes is like, no, we're getting behind this guy. It's like, why do you have to pick one guy? And, and you know, it's it's so it's you, you and I want on that. It's kind of a thing that I don't understand either. It's you know, uh, the 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 more famous one in recent years has been Capella and Kongwu, where like you have yeah. to just like pick one, and it's like, no, they're they're both good. And it's like, it's like having this year was like either Team Sadiq or Team JC, and it's like same thing, yep, or Team Hunter. You know, so and anyway, but you know, so no, it, 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 yeah, I mean AJ, I mean where they drafted him, uh, you know, please don't go read my draft profile of him because it, it didn't do him justice. It's, uh, you know, I mean I talked a lot about his shooting and all that sort of stuff, but I was questioning his defense, and he and he already outplayed. What I wrote from my evaluation standpoint on defense, I, I, I blame, I blame college coaches for when I'm wrong. I blame. I'm about to say you, you blame you blame Coach K by name. I think is what you said. Yeah, uh, no, the the Duke pipeline is uh, is in full swing. Uh, not only AJ and Jalen who both went to Duke, but uh, also they just hire Antonio Lang. Quinn's got the Duke connection. Mike Bray got the Duke connection. It's it's Duke West over here in Atlanta compared to where. Things are going, but no, it's uh, it's really exciting. It's really easy to be excited about AJ Griffin. Did you, did I mean, you mention Grant Hill? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess Grant. What I, I can't remember Grant's <laughs> title. Grant's like Grand Grand something. I don't know. He, he matters. Is. He matters, right? General say. manager adjacent. I don't yeah. know. Whatever he is, he's a yeah. uh, interesting, famous person. Um, yeah. but yeah, AJ is really exciting player. I hope we did him justice on this episode, um, without going too crazy. But I, I'll just say this: for Glenn and I to be as effusive as we have been on this podcast, probably tells you something about Andrew Griffin. I think he's going to be pretty good. He's a, a pretty good <laughs> basketball good. player in a lot of ways. So, uh, Glenn, thank you again for the time yeah. you're giving me on this series of podcasts. Where can folks find you and your fantastic work? Uh, just for a look behind the scenes, this, this is going to be the last one we do in this one setting. So next time you'll see Glenn, we'll be different clothes on YouTube. I would imagine. Maybe not. Maybe. I'm, in the, I'm in the middle of a move. So I, I'm, I, I'm, I may not change for five days. I don't there you know. go. Yeah, but any anyway, don't hold that against me if that's how it works out. But uh, no, uh, ATL twenty nine podcast with your your uh, good friend of me over there, uh, Kevin Shinard. We have a lot of fun over there at Twitter at Willis underscore Glenn. I love conversations, but even with people who have completely opposite views than me, I try to turn it into a fun conversation there. Uh, and behind the scenes, still kind of supporting a lot of the work over at Peace Tree Hoops. Um, you know, those the uh, player review season reviews are coming out now. Uh, and eventually we'll get into the draft class. And I'm, I'm hoping to write a handful of draft profiles. We'll see if my day job uh, right now, I have no shot, but I'm hoping <laughs> a month from now, I'll have a little bit more kind of space for some stuff like that. But yeah, that, that's where, where to find me. And uh, yeah. And, and as I've been saying the next week or whatever, uh, this is a great spot to find me too. Thank you, sir, for doing this. As for everybody else, please subscribe to the podcast, check out Glenn's work and even Kevin Chenard's work. 
Yes, Kevin Chenard's work on this podcast, ATL29, <laughs> a great place to find other audio in addition to this one. But yes, please subscribe to the show. We'll see you all next time.